0: Welcome back to The Strong Room. On this segment, estate and trust planning specialist Sherry McMillan, in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770, discusses a key point families should consider when it comes to the life planning aspect of their estates. It used to be, and I think it's due to the fact that we've created more affluence as families, it used to be that we would wait to inherit until our parents passed. That was the socially correct and politically correct way of inheriting. But in modern times, many families who've created affluence want to actually share their estate with their children in the present day. They want to see the benefit that it's creating in their family unit. And they say, I want to see my child have a hand up, not a hand out, but I want to see what they do with it in their life, and I want to give them that lift early days because it will have a dramatic impact for them in their later life.
1: So you can reward those that do it well, and you can educate those that, need a little attention.
0: That's right. And so I think it's a very modern approach to estate planning. And I, I love it, actually, if there's that generous spirit and the ability to help your family with your own, um, then I think we want to do that. So, But there are some tricks to that puzzle to make sure it's done well. And one of the things that I... I commonly see is families who are generous with their family. So let's say they decide we're going to help our son and daughter buy their first home and they give each son and daughter a couple hundred thousand dollars towards the down payment of their home. Well, there's nothing more upsetting for a family that if that daughter, for example, is only married for a year to her new spouse and then experiences a divorce, that that wealth that the parents have shared with their daughter in their lifespan is split and given half to the what we call the outlaw in the family unit. And, you know, this happens repetitively, time and time again, Peter, I run up against it with families who are endeavoring, you know, out of all good intention to share their wealth that they've created with their loved ones, but are ending up with a consequence. So then they're writing a check to pay out the outlaw, if you can imagine. So it's another hundred thousand beyond the first couple hundred thousand they've put in, just so the child can keep the home. So I don't suggest this kind of plan. Obviously, I think it's quite disastrous um, and it's unnecessary. Uh, we have wonderful solutions in Canada to share and gift with our families whilst we're alive. So one of the options that we have is to utilize a combination of two ideas. So w- we have a trust designed in our estate for ourselves and our children. And what we'll often do is that's where our wealth is held and, and is the steward of. But what we'll do is when we're going to give the down payment to the child is instead of giving the child the down payment in a direct approach by just writing the check, we write the check. But in addition, we write a promissory note to the trust of the child. And so that way, in of Event or in the future, if they do experience a matrimonial breakdown, that wealth does not have to be shared with the partner.
1: Uh, that's interesting, um, and I've never heard you you talk in those terms before. But but that's a way to protect the value of the check, the the uh, member of the family, the direct line of the family, uh, give them what they want, but have a fallback position in case.
0: That's right. And we only need the fallback position if something goes terribly wrong. But unfortunately, in society, 50% of the time, we do have terribly wrong happen. We do experience a divorce. And so in gifting, when we're thinking about gifting to our loved ones or children, there's a 50-50 chance that they may not keep it through their life stream. But not if we use the proper planning. If we use trusts and we use promissory notes to trust, we're certain that the wealth is going to remain within the family. And if they have a lovely marriage and everything works out perfectly, it's irrelevant that we have this documentation in play, where it becomes so important is if the relationship fails in some way.
1: Again, it's the value of uh, trust under Canadian law, under tax law. Uh, that's a wonderful tool because it, in effect, acts like a third party.
0: That's right. And so we see families now in modern times saying, oh my goodness, I can not only share my wealth that I've created, like cash, by helping them get homes, I can lend them money to build businesses, I can have them come into the family business, I can have all kinds of life planning happening with my children whilst I'm alive, but I'm not jeopardizing my own care or their care in the long run. And, you know, it's not a new idea. This has been utilized for hundreds of years, really, in old English law. That is how the castles have continued to remain in the royal family, for example. Everyone uses them, but nobody technically owns them. And so they keep moving in the bloodline generation after generation, and we'll still see that in the next generation over in England. But in Canada, we have only now created wealth and realized the power of these kinds of tools in our own family units from a practical day-to-day.
1: Oh, that's terrific. Um, we, we often hear about philanthropy in terms of multi-million dollar contributions, to institutions and you get your name on a building and that sort of thing. Uh, but on a smaller scale, philanthropy still has a place it seems to me in, in, um, in life planning. Talk about that a little bit in terms of how to set it up again properly uh, so that you're not taxed unduly and, and speaking of tax, what does one have to do in setting up something like that to ensure that it meets all the rules?
0: Well there are regulations that qualify for charitable giving or creating foundations that we must follow in the Tax Act. However, that being said, Peter, one of the beauties of the Tax Act is that when we are looking at the, our estate as a going concern, we will always have a piece of the puzzle that we are owing in income tax in our estate. And so I always call that your second or third child that you don't know you have. It's another member of your family whether you like it or not. But You don't
1: have to buy clothes for it, but you better plan for it.
0: That's right. Now, the great part is you can kick that child out of the house and replace them with a cause, um, a passion that you have, a legacy. And so you can do philanthropic work and replace that tax burden you have with the CRA and create something of legacy in your family. Now, more often than not, our families really enjoy creating that in their lifespan you know in their lifespan in their life plan and I think that's wonderful because they actually get to see how it will benefit society today and then what will happen is in the year of passing it will fund even more fully to offset the estate taxation that they may have inside their estate these rules actually have come about I would suggest to you in the last decade in Canada um, where the government has taken a back seat on charitable giving really and expect us as the uh, general population to do the charitable work. And so they do give us substantial tax breaks um, when we do estate uh, planning around charitable work in sp- Back, Peter, in some instances, if you can imagine this, we've actually created tax refunds in the year of passing um, because you have the privilege of creating the tax benefit in the year of passing and the prior year. So you can double up. And so this is always an exciting uh, opportunity for a family is we remove the tax burden, we give it to charity and create the legacy, and on top of it, we get a tax refund. So that's good planning to me.
1: Uh, does Does charitable giving um, I- involve trust planning as well? I mean are the two inexplicably linked?
0: They certainly can be and one of the other uh, unique options we have in modern times is also something called foundations. So trusts are one, uh, existing charities and also creating your own family foundation. Uh, we're very blessed actually here in Calgary to have the Calgary Foundation and they do an exceptional job for families um, that want to give to charity and don't want to have to build the legal platform and do the tax work on on their own right, they just borrow uh, from the organization. And the organization is a very unique opportunity because it's a charity to help charities. So it's a very neat um, thought pattern. And I think it's been exceptionally successful and it's existed well over 50 years here in Calgary. So we can certainly take advantage of that and springboard from it.
1: What do people need to know about... Uh, you know, in, in my own case, I'll use my, myself as an example, not that I have very much money, but I've often thought about establishing some kind of a trust or something like that. Uh, and after I die, who administers it and what are the fees?
0: Certainly. So if we were to look towards um, the Calgary Foundation as a case study of this, they initially create the foundation with as little of a donation as 5000 and that establishes the foundation. Then you determine, uh, based on your own belief system, uh, what cause you want to support or causes. You could have multiple causes in that foundation. The Calgary Foundation is a group of volunteers that manage that 5000 and, you know, just so you know, over the last 50 years, they've earned like a 9%. It's very decent. And then what happens is the profit that is made. Um, each calendar year, on that you get to determine where it's distributed, so you can actually start a, a foundation for as little as five thousand dollars, and you also get a write-off for that, by the way, Peter. And then it exists perpetually, and then over the time and over the years, if you want to add to it, you can, and you don't have to do it in a particular increment. You could add a thousand dollars one day and a hundred thousand the next. And in your estate, you could add another lump sum. The great part about it is because it is a system, um, you don't have to worry about that you're not there to manage it. The organization manages it on a go-forward basis to preserve your legacy. Our thanks to Sherry McMillan and Peter Watts for their contribution on the program today. For more helpful information on estate planning, we welcome you to visit our website, mcmillanestate.com. This is The Strong Room.